We all know that Ole Miss had an elite haul in the transfer portal this past offseason. Now I'll tell you which five players have a chance to be all SEC caliber in this coming season. Anyway, stick around. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. More importantly, Ole Miss every day. That's our mantra. That's what we live by, and we try to do it. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And I do want to thank you for tuning in, and I hope everybody had um, a good weekend and into this Tuesday, so it's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to try my most ambitious show that I have ever done on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And we will see exactly how that goes. So, you know, you push limits to see what can hold out. We'll see if it makes it um, today as well. But today we're talking about top transfer po- um, prospects that have a chance to be all SEC this season at Ole Miss. Now, in the third segment of the show, we're also going to do like a list of five contributors that you need to keep an eye on, but maybe they're not at the level of these guys. And there's no quarterbacks on this list. You know, there's no Spencer Sanders. There's no Walker Howard. Those guys, we're going to talk about those a little bit later. We're talking about other players that Ole Miss have that have a chance to take a step and move into the all-SEC conversation. And we have five players that are on the cusp that are trying to get into that category as well. Without further ado, let's get it started off real quick. Number one on the list is Caden Priestcorn. He's PFF's number three returning tight end. Excellent player. Absolute middle-of-the-field monster. If you look at exactly what it does, this is his zones. Look at those middle two boxes. You have a 149 NFL passing rating whenever he was targeted, and you have a 121.5 passer rating when he was targeted. Now, a lot of that has to do with the offense that he ran at Memphis, but you have to think that Lane Kiffin brought him in with the idea that he was going to improve the middle of the field for Jackson Dart, so we'll see exactly what happens. Now, in the spring game, we did not see much of Caden Priestcorn. Now, was that Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss offense hiding him, which is absolutely possible for a spring game? Or was the same issues that we had last season happening this season? It's interesting. It's something we should pay attention to. And um, I don't think it can be overstated that much. Either way, I like Caden Priestcorn as a prospect because of what he can bring to the offense. And mainly, it can make it to where Michael Trigg can go out and play true wide receiver stuff, which honestly the guy does better at this point than he does playing full tight end. Now, Michael Trigg, I think, is going to develop into a fine tight end, and he has all the athletic ability in the world. But whenever you put Caden Priestcorn in the offense and allow him to be an attached or detached tight end and do all of the tight end things that they're supposed to do, that leaves Michael Trigg to go out and honestly play out in the slot and run routes and a lot of seam stuff and put pressure on the linebackers and safeties. And if you can do that, that's all going to distract defenses away from Quinshawn Judkins. See, that's the fact that people don't realize. Quinshawn's still in this offense, 
And if we can make the other parts of the offense raise their level, which Caden Prescorn will absolutely do, you might have to declare whether or not how much you want um, to protect yourself against Quinshawn Judkins to where those linebackers are going to flow up like they did at the end of last season. Now you have somebody that can get behind them, potentially on both sides. And it's why I say this offense has a chance to be essentially the most explosive in my lifetime. And it is because of the threat of having the best running back in college football um, is going to put on a defense and have these talented players all around the place. He's number three on pro football focus returning tight end grades. Um, really, really good player at the moment. That's Caden Prescorn. He's our number one player that I think is going to really shine moving forward. Our number two player, Trey Harris. Now, I know a lot of people thought I would go with Zachary Franklin, and Zachary Franklin is a really, really good player. I'm not saying he's not, but Trey Harris has attributes to where if you can harness them, he has a chance to be a little bit of an elite player. The difference in Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris, I think, is a lot of the difference between Jonathan Mingo and Malik Heath. Malik Heath is a really, really good wide receiver, but Jonathan Mingo was that special guy, and he had things that made him elite um, in the receiving game, whether he was 230 pounds and he ran like a deer, all of that stuff. The other one was a good receiver. This one had elite attributes, and I think Trey Harris um, will have that over Zachary Franklin. He will be the guy that Lane Kiffin uses as the season goes on. You can see his stats. He played against Clemson and against Missouri. Both of those road games had 10 catches, nearly 100 yards, and a touchdown in those games. I think he played pretty well, if I remember correctly, against Clemson early in the season. So we'll see exactly how that goes, but um, you can see his numbers. He had a three-touchdown game against Rice, 157 yards against MTSU, um, five for 49 against UTSA. That was actually him playing against Zakari Franklin. And UAB, which had a pretty good team, it was six for 63 because we all know that Bill Clark does pretty decent things with that defense. Really, really interesting stuff. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about these two. And they're both receivers. And that that's probably not a coincidence with having the best running back in college football and a quarterback that is unbelievably toolsy. If he can figure out the middle of the field, which these two players will be designed to do for Jackson. Make no mistake. These two players were brought in because they knew they needed to get better in between the hash marks. And if you can press the defense there and you can get back to torturing linebackers, I think the offense will look a lot more like 2020 than it did in 2022. Although they're going to run the ball a bunch. Don't think they're not, but the offense overall is going to be pretty explosive as well. When we come back, we will continue with three more names that you need to watch as potential All-SEC players. Should be pretty interesting because we're going to turn to the defensive side of the ball next. Something you're probably not expecting, but you can stick around for that. But first, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get on, in on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets 
if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Now, I do realize that Mississippi is a brick-and-mortar casino state to where you have to go in there to sports gamble. But if you travel to Louisiana or Tennessee, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, where, I mean, we have a game at Tulane this year. Go down there, Monroe, Delta, Louisiana. If you go up to Tennessee, to Memphis, Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, Gatlinburg, Knoxville, all of those can you can use the FanDuel Sports app and take advantage of this no sweat first bet. So don't miss out on your chance to snag that first, no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you sign up for FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball trademarks are used with permission. Pretty interesting stuff indeed. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever we get our podcast. Tomorrow night on the show, um, if technology doesn't get it, I'm expecting Ashanti Seastruck. Tonight, actually, I should say, as you're watching this. Um, we're hoping to have that is with Pratt Rogers going to join us. We're going to talk a little ball. And we're hoping at that point also as well, Andy Jaffe is up on the site as well for people to watch. That'll be last night's video. So, as you can see, we're, we're evolving a little bit at a time, and a lot of this is a whole lot of fun. Now, we talked about two players that have a chance, potential to be um, transfers that are all t SEC type players. Now we need to go to the other side of the football. And the number three player that we want to talk about is Isaac Ukwu. He's an edge rusher out of James Madison, transferred in. This guy was wanted by a lot of schools. Ole Miss beat out a lot of guys. And when we talk about the war chest that we have NIL-wise, you can look at the transfer portal and what they've done over the past year as reason to kind of point out exactly what they've done. He's a really good football player. I've, I've seen him described as a heavy motor guy. Pass rushing, he's relentless. He was a two-star player recruited out of, I think, Maryland, and he just developed at James Madison, which is what they do. They were an F FCS power, and then they moved over to FBS, and if they could have won the championship, they would have won the championship. This is a really good player that's coming from a really good program. They've done a good job with the Dukes there. And if you look at his profile from Pro Football Focus, you can see he graded out really, really well. So you have that motor. You have those grades that are like that. His snap counts was against mostly against passing teams, which in this age of spread offenses is not a surprise. But he has a chance to be a real impact type player on that defense, and especially that defensive front. And, you know, you have Cedric Johnson, you have Jared Ivey, you have enough people that can keep people fresh that are stylistically different that play that edge position that I think Isaac Ukwu could be very effective as well. Now, don't sleep on the um, transfers that came in last year. Don't sleep on Cedric Johnson. Don't sleep on Jared Ivey. I just think that motor with Isaac Ukwu will be very effective, especially on third down. That's just my opinion on that one. Now, if we look at the fourth person, we're staying on the defensive side of the ball, and we're going with Monty Montgomery out of Louisville. This is somebody that, people need to keep an eye on because he's a little bit of an undersized linebacker, but he's an athletic freak. If you remember the Ole Miss-Louisville game from 2021, Monty Montgomery was a problem for Ole Miss's offense until he got um, removed from the game with a targeting penalty. If we remember that correctly, 
there was like six players that got targeting penalties that night. But Monty Montgomery was a little bit of a problem. And if you look at what he has done, Monty Montgomery stuffed the stat sheet on a good Louisville defense in 2022. That's a Brian Brown defense, by the way. And he should provide an immediate boost to the Ole Miss front seven this fall. The undersized inside linebacker had 70 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and six sacks with four first fumbles and two picks for the Cardinals last year. He's an opportunistic guy. He's always around the football. Ole Miss linebacker Monty Montgomery in store for a productive year under new defensive coordinator Pete Golding, and he made the all-transfer portal team. So it's no surprise that this is a guy that should make plays. And honestly, he's similarly built to what um, Troy Brown was last year. And we know he, he was solid for this defense on a defense that at times underperformed a bit, but he, he was not the problem. He played pretty well. But Monty Montgomery takes that over this year. Now, the question becomes, by the end of the year, who's the other person with him? Like I said, we're going to talk to Ashante Seastrunk. Um, tonight, but is it him? Is it T Santarian Perkins? Is it Jeremiah Jean Batiste? Remember, this Ole Miss team, everybody talked about the spring transfer portal and why they were worried about linebackers. You heard that over and over and over again. They didn't recruit linebackers. They recruited defensive line and secondary players, but they did not recruit linebackers, and that tells me that Pete Golding is pretty satisfied with where he is on that side of the ball right now. It Good good situation for Ole Miss football, honestly, at the moment, at the linebacker position. All right, we're moving to number five. Does anybody have any guess what number five is going to be? Because you know me, I like, to, I like to mix some stuff up. But number five for me is going to be John Saunders. John Saunders transfer from Miami of Ohio. You saw him playing free safety in the spring game. And he has moved from cornerback where he played almost exclusively. He's like a 6'3 or 6'4 player. He's long, he's rangy, but he has ball skills. He had an interception in the spring game. He played very well in coverage versus Kentucky. If he is somewhat as physical as his size denotes, you have a chance to have a really good, really productive player. And we'll see how it goes in this defense. There's going to be a lot of man-free and a little bit of two-man. Um, under Pete Golding at Ole Miss. Last year, we were predominantly a zone team. It was a lot of drop eight. You remember that phrase, drop eight, drop eight. Well, it's not going to be the case now. They're going to get up in your grill, and they're going to try and make something happen. Now, if you look at his stats over the course of the year, he didn't have many interceptions, but he played some solid corner and had five passes defended. Now, that Kentucky game at the beginning, he played pretty well. He locked down those young receivers for Kentucky, even though Kentucky when it won the game. Four tackles in the game, two solos, had a pass defense. Um, Cincinnati had seven tackles, five solo, had a forced fumble, and a pass defense. So you see as the competition levels went up, he's actually done pretty well at that. So I'm impressed by that from him, and I think John Saunders has a chance to be just a good athlete on this Ole Miss defense. And you can see the ones that I said have all SEC potential from transfers is two, two offensive players, three defensive players, which tells me Pete Golding is really trying to turn the, turn the personnel over on this defense. And because of that, 
think this defense has to be has a chance to be not really good. I mean, you're not going to see Georgia or Alabama on the field, but I think this defense has a chance to be really good at certain aspects of football. They might have a really good red zone defense. They might turn the ball over quite a bit. They might have a ton of sacks. Some, one of those categories, because the purpose of this defense and the scheme of this Ole Miss football team will be to get possessions back for this offense that has a chance to be unbelievably explosive. If you can do that, all of a sudden this football team has a chance to be really good, and we'll talk about that honestly when we get to W's and L's next month. But this team has a chance to be really good, and a lot of it has to do with the work that has been done by Pete Golding in the transfer portal, and I don't think that can be overstated. Now, when we come back, I'm going to give you five players that you need to count on to be a contributor on this team. They're going to be solid. They may not be all SEC level, but they're going to be solid and they're going to be incredibly important for this team. So anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Um, we're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So give us a um, listen there and a subscribe. We'd appreciate it. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Now, we gave you five players that we think have a chance to be all SEC this season. Now we're going to give you five players that we think have a chance to win their jobs on the field and be very high-level players for this Ole Miss football team. Ole Miss did very well in the transfer portal. I don't even care about rankings or anything like that. They did very well. And as somebody as somebody that would be a prime example of that, that nobody is going to be talking about, we're going to start with Victor Kern. He's played a lot of guard. He's been the one that is kind of replacing Nick Broker for the moment. Um, it's going to change. There's different players going in there as John Garrison decides to find his guys. Um, I think he was a third-team All-Pac-12 Pac player out at Washington. He's from Houston, Texas. Um, whenever, I, got, I think it was, was his name, Marcel Blackwood, the running backs coach last year when he came in, Zach Evans came in. This is a, another player from Houston. Um, Ulysses Bentley the fourth came in. Um, that was that little circle that came to Ole Miss. Victor Kern has a chance to be pretty successful as an Ole Miss player. Um, and just as a solid guard, he's going to be sitting next to, um, was it J Jalen Williams? Um, the other side, you got Micah Pettis. You've got continuity in four different places. There's only one place that you need to fill in, and you need somebody you can count on. And from all accounts so far, Victor Kern has been that guy for Ole Miss this year. Now, the second player that I think we need to pay attention to is Joshua Harris. Now, I really like Joshua Harris. He's a transfer in from NC State, an original four-star recruit. He is a space eater on the inside. He is somebody that is going to take up blockers and make it a little bit easier for J.J. Pegues. And if all that happens, you have a chance for this defensive front to be pretty good, especially with the additions that Ole Miss made during the second transfer portal window with Akella Stone and um, Stephon Wynn, those guys coming in. Josh Harris has already been there. He went through spring. He had actually a pretty good spring game. Him and Xavion Harris have kind of been holding down the middle at the moment, but I think Stephon Wynn will have something to say about that as well. But Josh Harris making people work. If they can't double, if they 
if they have to double team him because he's so big and such a space eater, that makes it harder for them to do J.J. Pegues. And if they do that, that makes it easier on the linebackers. So Josh Harris, as far as the, the health of this defense, has a really important role this season on the defensive line. And, and if those get taken up, they obviously they can't double team and end. We talked about Isaac Ukwu in the first segment, but you also have Cedric Johnson and Jared Ivey that will absolutely get after you as well. Defensive line, they're in pretty good shape, honestly. They had a one deep before the spring transfer portal started. Now I think they have a pretty solid two deep on the defensive line. So I'm pretty fired up about that. The third player that we're going to mention is Zachary Franklin. We, we mentioned Trey Harris in the first segment and told you why we picked Trey Harris over Zachary Franklin. Zachary Franklin is going to be that guy this year, though. He is going to force defenders to pay attention to where he lines up. And Lane Kiffin is really good about getting creative with wide receivers historically. And Zachary Franklin is an excellent contested catcher. Um, he's, he's pretty good down the field, but he's really good in the middle of the field, just like Trey Harris, just like Caden Prescorn. As Ole Miss needed to get better, as Ole Miss needed to get better on between the hash marks, Zachary Franklin, Trey Harris, Caden Prescorn, and then make it Michael Trigg. And that's put him in that conversation as well. You have a chance to be pretty effective in the middle of the field. And like I said, it could be a hole in Jackson Dart's game, but I, I don't know exactly how it will go. Now, the fourth one I want to mention is Damari Walton, the transfer from Georgia Tech. He went through spring. He took a leadership role in that secondary. I think he's going to be really, really good. Not all SEC level good, but really, really good. And he'll be prepared between him and Jared Ivey. There's so many Georgia Tech players, by the way, um, that have transferred into this Ole Miss defense. Yeah, I mean, Akella Stone, Jared Ivey, now Zabari Walton. You have three people that could contribute a good bit to Ole Miss's defense. And as Georgia Tech recruited defensive players, honestly, that's not much of a surprise. But Zamari Walton, um, he, was, he was Georgia Tech's number one cornerback last year. Uh, his ball skills are okay, um, but he's really good on coverage. He's really good in passes defended, and he, he handles his job well. That really, his last step in his development that he needs to make is to start picking off some of these passes. He just doesn't need another season to where it's one or two interceptions. Now, it's okay that the other person doesn't catch the ball, but we'd like to see you come down with it as well. Should be pretty good. Anyway, the fifth player is Deshaun Gaddy, another cornerback. Now, DeAndre Prince is on this roster as well and is established on this roster, but Gaddy is somebody that will be worth paying attention to. He's another athletic guy. The cornerback room is a lot better. I think they have a three deep right now of FBS players that have played cornerback. Seriously, it's like, you know, it's people like Dejon Franklin and Justin Hodges, those guys, there's a lot that needs to be done in the fall, and Ole Miss has the ability to mix and match um, amongst their players to find the best players available. I'm pretty fired up about what Ole Miss football can and will become with these secondary members, and Ole Miss is recruiting absolutely likes out on the back end right now. I don't care what anybody says. I am so, so impressed of what they're recruiting on the defensive side of the ball um, for this recruiting class. Now, I'm pretty fired up, 
And I'm, I'm usually a pretty fired up person to begin with, but I'm pretty fired up. Those are five players that we think have a shot at all SEC and five players that we think we're, are going to commit or com contribute um, to the Ole Miss team in 2023. That's 10 players out of a transfer class that was about twice that. And, you know, those other players, there's probably players that are going to pop that um, I did not talk about today. Just because I did not put you on the list, do not take that personally. Honestly, use it as fuel if you need to. But those are just five players that have gotten my attention and then five players that have gotten my attention that I think can contribute. It'll be really, really interesting. Anyway, um, go back to Saturday's podcast. We had Walker Jones talking about the Grove Collective. Really fantastic interview. Last night, um, we had Andy Jaffe. Um, interviewing on this show as well. And tonight, Ashanti Seastrunk. There's a lot going on with the Locked on, on Ole Miss podcast. We have come a huge distance in 18 months. And I'm pretty excited and thank you very much for that. And we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to find new things that we can do that's a little bit different, that can separate us. Because in this crowded market, you just don't want to do the same thing the other guys are doing. You want to do something a little bit different. And that is where we are at the moment. So down below, comment on what you think about the top five players that have all SEC capability. Who did I miss? Who do you think will take a step from the transfer portal this week, week or this year? And who do you think will struggle to adapt to SEC football? Also, the contributors. Tell me if I got Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris flipped, let us know. Should be quite interesting indeed. Anyway, I do want to thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every dayers, people that listen every day, we love you. Um, thank you very much for that. Tomorrow on the show, or tonight on the show, Ashante Seastrunk. Tomorrow on the show, we will continue this stretch because we have about two weeks of show that will be incredibly difficult to put together. We're going to try and make it through it. Then storylines will come up for media days. And then after media days, it's gravy. It goes for like six months and just unbelievably easy shows. But we got two weeks that are hardest shows of the year. And we're going to try and think of interesting things that you can take from it there. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow.